Just three weeks ago, we heard from the Lord in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Today in our gospel lesson in Luke 2.25, we hear of a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Simeon was waiting for the Lord's Messiah, his anointed one, who would bring to Israel the forgiveness of her sins, relief from her enemies, and reconciliation with God. The Lord's Messiah turned out to be different from what many of those watching for him had expected. Israel still doesn't have relief from all of her enemies. Bethlehem, the city of David, is still no haven of peace. But in Jesus, Simeon recognized the Messiah, God's anointed one. Simeon knew and prophesied that this child was appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that would be opposed. Jesus did not arrive in peaceful circumstances, but he brings peace to those who believe in him for reconciliation with God the forgiveness of our sins and deliver, deliverance from sin's consequences, namely guilt and death. In the words of Martin Luther in a 1518 debate called the Heidelberg Disputation, the love of God does not find but creates that which is pleasing to it. That is, God came to us not because we are so inherently attractive, but because we need help. Sinners, said Luther, are attractive because they are loved. They are not loved because they are attractive. God's love for us is what makes us lovable and worthy of one another's love. God did not choose to manifest himself through the people of Israel because of anything that Israel had done to deserve that role. In Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 through 8, Moses tells the people, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the people who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Since its founding as a nation state, long after the time of Moses. First as a kingdom, and then in 1948 as a republic, no one would describe Israel's history as tranquil. Following slavery in Egypt, years wandering in the desert after the exodus, the tribal conflict and horrors of the period of the judges, and the establishment of a monarchy, the ancient kingdom of Israel, united and expanded under Saul, David, and Solomon, 
split into two, two kingdoms around 930 BC, following the death of just its third king. Unity didn't last long. And from this violent split came a northern kingdom, which was called Israel, with its capital city of Samaria, and a southern kingdom called Judah, with its capital city of Jerusalem. In the 8th century, Assyrian armies invaded the northern kingdom and in 722 BC conquered Samaria and deported many Israelites to Assyria. In the 6th century BC, Babylonian armies invaded Judah. In 586, they conquered Jerusalem and forced many Judeans into exile in Babylon, from which some Judeans returned after about 70 years to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple there. Many of the Israelites did not return, however, but lived as minority populations in other lands. After the Babylonians until the time of Jesus, that land that had been known as Canaan and then Israel was ruled by Medes, Persians, Greeks, and Romans. Israel as a nation state ceased to exist until it was founded as a republic in 1948 as part of the UN partition of Palestine when it was promptly invaded by its neighbors. Today Israel is still not at peace and neither are we. We continue to be plagued by sin and conflict. As recently as three years ago we were plagued by the COVID-19 virus too. And so the Lord comes to us as he did to his conflicted people of old, not finding, but creating that which is pleasing to him by fusing his divinity to our humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. Okay, so how does that help you wonder? by reconciling us to God, which is our most fundamental need, greater than any political one, greater even than the very real struggles in our individual lives, from paying the bills, to raising children, to maintaining good relationships with our friends and family. Amid the difficulties in our own lives and in the world around us, God's advent among us in the person of Jesus is a source of hope and consolation. That's the reason for Simeon and Anna's joy at seeing Jesus in the temple, despite the suboptimal circumstances in which they lived. They are examples for us who, despite having a much higher material standard of living, still inhabit a fallen world with no shortage of evil or pain. Simeon had no illusions that the advent of God's Messiah was going to make life a walk in a rose garden. He told Mary, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. But even knowing that, Simeon was filled with joy at the sight of Jesus, so much so that it allowed him to face his own death with hope and consolation. Despite the weight of the world, Simeon and Anna saw in Jesus a fulfillment of Isaiah's words in today's first lesson. 
I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks herself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. God does not ask us to discount or disregard evil or suffering in the world or the difficulty of trying to live and to live well in it. But the gift of Jesus Christ not only makes these things endurable, it is a source of hope, peace, joy, and love in the midst of them, as we've been saying this entire past season of Advent. If you are feeling low at the moment, I'm not asking you to snap out of it and jump for joy. I just want you to know that joy has not left the building and that it is possible for you. Maybe not at the moment, but eventually. If you're not feeling like a fountain of hope, you can think of hope as an acronym for hold on, pain ends. In the words of our gospel lesson on Christmas Day from John 1, in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The darkness still has not overcome it. Let us then join Simeon and Anna in carrying the light of Christ into the dark corners of our hurting world. Israel's hope and consolation, and ours too.